welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. I hope you get a lot out of these and also the Spirit Connection webcast and blog on my website, DougAddison.com. Been doing it for a number of years. God gives me prophetic words. I release them out to people and also some training and teachings on how to pray, how to get in line with the specific season that we're in right now. Now, God is shifting things in the spiritual atmosphere. If you've been following my teachings, you'll know that I talk about you don't have to actually deal with what's dealt to you. You can shift the spiritual atmosphere around you. You have everything you need already. You've got God's board. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit in you. You've got people around you. You have it all. You have the goods to be able to get a breakthrough in your life. And this week on Spirit Connection Podcast, I'm going to be talking about shifting the spiritual atmosphere. And in just a little bit, I have a special guest that's going to really bless you. All right. Well, we thank you, Lord, for this message of being able to take what you've given us, the treasures, those things that you have placed inside of us through the Holy Spirit, And we can now take them now to a new level. We can activate the words, prophetic words, the written word, promises. We can activate them right now and shift the spiritual atmosphere that's around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you've been following my messages for a number of years, I've been talking about this, that you can actually change the spiritual atmosphere or condition of your life. Now, an atmosphere, you know, it's like a, it's kind of like a vibe. You ever been around someone who's totally negative and then there's negativity flowing to them or maybe someone who has peace and there's just peace around them. I started noticing this years ago and I began to study this aspect of, of the spiritual life. If I started noticing Christians, I started noticing people who carried a certain type of anointing or a certain type of vibe was around them and I would take note of things they would do. And in the process of this, I realized my own life. Years ago, I was in a situation where I just felt like I was locked down. I wasn't hearing God like I used to. I mean, this is back in, I think, around 2004. I wasn't hearing God the way I used to. My dreams seemed to start to go down. Yeah, you know, the Lord was still using me. I was traveling, speaking, releasing prophetic words, been doing what I've been doing for a long time. But something was weird all of a sudden. And then the Lord began to speak to me. He said, if you would stop complaining, I would change your life. And then he opened up verses and different things to me. And if you want to know more about it, it's the Love Not Judge audio I have. But it's all through, kind of woven like a tapestry through all of my messages. And the Lord took me on this time. And I encourage people to do this too, is a a negativity fast. Step away from negative talk and negative thoughts, and you will indeed see a change in your life. Now, this 
goes way deeper and way wider. We could go really, really deep. So my whole life changed, and I went on a journey to understand this. And folks, listen, this is the secret. If you want to know how I can hear God accurately on a consistent level, how I release the daily prophetic words, how I'm able to do this is stepping away from negativity because it closes the spiritual atmosphere over you. And there is a way then, if it could be closed, there's a way for it to be opened. And that was one of the things I started to notice. You know, if you can have a closed atmosphere, you know, like uh, you, you ever been around the people that seem to carry a negativity or that vibe, if you could have that, then you could have an open atmosphere. And so the Lord really took me on that journey years ago, and now I train people to do this. So where is it in the Bible? Let me just give you a couple things about shifting the spiritual atmosphere, because I got the whole idea from the Lord, by the way. The Holy Spirit woke me up. I had an angelic encounter in my bedroom at night. An angel came in, literally, and in 2004, whispered some things in my ear, and then over the next few weeks, I started getting revelation that moved me into this level now. Well, way back then, the Lord began to show me some things that Jesus actually did. And I had done a thorough study years ago with all of the encounters that Jesus or one of his disciples had with unbelievers, not Sadducees, Pharisees, not teachers of the law, but with people outside the church. And it was an amazing study because he didn't use the verses that we often use to share God's love. And this was years and years ago. I, I actually had a thesis that, you know, the evangelism of the Bible is definitely not the evangelism we see today or the outreach level of it. I don't want to just say this is a talk on that. It's not at all, because these principles go way beyond that. But the study I did, I, I actually took it out of the road for a number of years and I was showing people how to do this. We would go out to the mall. I'd, I'd show them how to get encouraging words because prophecy is for encouragement and comfort, and it will shift the spiritual atmosphere. We'd go out to the mall and have a great time, come back and share the stories. It was such a fulfilling time of my life. Now, I normally speak off of uh, you know my computer or a, an iPad, but right now, I'm holding in my hand the actual Bible that I used for a number of years when I went out and spoke these messages about how Jesus interacted with unbelievers, and also when I would do this and, and shift the spiritual atmosphere over people, then take them out the mall, and then we would in turn shift the spiritual atmosphere over unbelievers. And it was so amazing. And so in John chapter 4, Jesus has this encounter with the woman at the well. Now, this is really interesting. She wasn't a believer. In fact, quite opposite. And Jesus knew that he was going to have an encounter. He stayed behind while his disciples went out and gathered, you know, bought something to eat. And he knew he was going to have this encounter with this woman who was an outcast. You could tell because all the other women came to draw water at Jacob's well. They came early in the morning. So she came at noon probably because she was ridiculed, she was being bullied, she was being abused and things like that by other people because she was a spiritual outcast. Now, this is the type that Jesus wanted to reach. So he has this encounter with her in John chapter 4, 
And he's telling her straight up who he is. He's talking, starting to talk about spiritual things. And John four sixteen, he says, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right when you say you've had no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you said is quite true. And this woman says, wow, I perceive you to be a prophet. Duh. You know, this what oh, totally rocked her world. And then something happened. It shifted the spiritual atmosphere over her. And in verse 39, we see many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of this woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Well, apparently he was telling her stuff that no one, you know, really wanted to talk about. She'd been married five times. She's living with a guy. Well, let's just say she was well-connected, right? Well, listen. Most people think he was judging her, but he was not judging her. He didn't say, away from me, you adulterous woman, right? He said to her, you know, you've been married five times and you're living with a guy now, but what you said is quite true. So in other words, Jesus calls this adulterous woman honest. Wow. He found something positive in her that shifted the spiritual atmosphere over her, not only over her, But her entire town or part of the town came to Jesus that day because of the prophetic gift and the gift of the word of knowledge. That's what he was giving her was a word of knowledge. She'd been married five times. You know, he goes on to talk prophetically to her. And we've been doing this for a number of years. I no longer go on outreaches. People say, can I go on outreach with you like you did on the Father of Lights? You know, where we went out to Venice Beach and we went to the uh, nightclub in Hollywood and we do dream interpretation, prophetic words, interpret tattoos and things like that. And I said, well, I actually seldom go out anymore on outreaches because I am an outreach. I want to train you how to be an outreach right now by shifting the spiritual atmosphere. What I'm doing right now to you is I'm shifting your spiritual atmosphere. Something's happening right now that's going to line you up for something new and radical. Now, later on in the book of John, Jesus has an encounter with a woman caught in adultery, and they were going to stone her, and Jesus did something. He told the people, let the one without sin cast the first stone. Now, he didn't make a statement here. He drew a, he like drew a line in the sand and said, wait a minute, you can't judge people or you yourself will be judged. And that's, that's the message of Jesus. Once, listen to me, once he got rid of her accusers, this is so important to shifting the atmosphere because she was under the accusation, the atmosphere of accusations. But once he got rid of the accusers, they all left. Then... She was able to repent, and it was then that he was able to say to her, go and sin no more. You can't say that to a person, go and sin no more, until you've removed the judgments and you've accepted them and loved them with all your heart. This is a secret right now to shifting the spiritual atmosphere over you, over cities. That is love and not judge. And we're going to go into this a little bit more deeper because I have a special guest on. She's a friend, her and her husband are friends of mine, and we minister in Hollywood together. And I tell you, they have the spirit of love, not judge. It flows from them. 
so much. Her name is Sharon Nye. She's a wife, a mother, a minister, a prophetic intercessor. She's the co-founder with her husband, Jonathan, of Radiance International Hollywood House of Prayer. Now, this is a ministry that's contending for the glory of God in Hollywood since 2011. Now, I went to this Hollywood House of Prayer. It's next to the Whiskey A Go-Go on Hollywood Boulevard. This is like the real deal. And these guys are living it out. They love people. They're opening up the spiritual atmosphere. She's also the founder and president of Justice Speaks, a nonprofit organization that focuses on fighting human trafficking. And they reach out to over a thousand at-risk volunteers and people stuck in Thailand. And people, I tell you, every time I'm around them, I've spoken down at the Hollywood House of Prayer. People are just coming in off the streets. I had a woman come in off the street while I was speaking and she's like getting what I was saying. She wasn't even a believer. And she just showed up in Hollywood. These people, in other words, Sharon and Jonathan are the real deal. They have encounters like Jesus did with the woman at the well. I'm so excited with what's going to happen today. Sharon, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so happy to be on with you, Doug. Yeah, my whole team was really excited and been praying about the right time to invite you and Jonathan to be part of it. And you were the one that came up. We felt the Lord saying, we need to get Sharon Nye. She has something to share that's going to shift the spiritual atmosphere over people. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Wow, it is such an honor to be on your show, Doug. You're such a blessing to the body of Christ, and it's truly an honor to speak to your audience today. Um, Just a little bit about me. I would like to say I'm a daughter of the Renewal Movement that hit Pasadena through Pastor Che's church. I also call him Papa Che. Um, I was a daughter of that movement that came out of Toronto that landed in Pasadena. And the nightly meetings that went on at Mott, I was there. My tears were there. I was there just drinking from the well of these amazing speakers. My life was radically transformed at the age of 17. And when that renewal hit, at, and I was about 17 and a half slash 18, I just knew that God had a calling for wow. me. And it was there that I heard amazing speakers speak like Cindy Jacobs, Stacey Campbell, John Arnott, just the whole, the whole gang, the whole river gang. And my life was just completely wrecked. And I, I just knew that, you know, it would never be the same. And I wanted to just serve the Lord. I wanted to you know, whether it be for missions or ministry, whatever it looked like, I just knew I wanted to go for it. And it was around that time that that someone handed me the book from Cindy Jacobs, and it was Possessing the Gates of the Enemy. And they said, Sharon, you really need to read this. And by then I had this this thing that was rumbling in me already. Like I just, I love to pray. I wanted to get in quote unquote, the prayer closet, because people said you needed to go and pray in your prayer closet. And, and I thought, that was literal. I thought they meant, you know, get in your room and close the prayer, your closet and just pray in there. And I thought that's what they meant. So I, I literally, you know, went into my closet and it was so messy. It was such a mess, clothes everywhere. And I yanked tons of stuff out and I carved a little spot for myself to sit in that little spot in my, in my closet. stinky, but I sat there and I just thought the Lord, cause I thought, Oh yeah, that's, this is what the river people, that's, that's what they do. They go, yeah. they go to their prayer closet. So that's what I'm going to do. Wow. And um, so, 
someone hands me this book and it's possessing the gates of the enemy and said, you have to read this book. And, and I remember reading it and just, just completely eating it up. And there was one part where Cindy says, you could enlist and be part of the army of God and you could do it right now. Just create a simple prayer and tell God that you want to enlist in his army. And I dropped everything and I prayed the prayer that she wrote out. And I said, God, I'm going to be a part of this army. I don't know what it looks like, but I want to be part of this prayer army. And I had no idea that that literally set me on a course of of being part of the army of God and and intercession and shifting history, changing history, partnering with Jesus. It was literally the greatest joy that I have discovered in my life. It is fun. Wow. What a fun. What a testimony. Now, here you are. Were you born in California or L.A.? I was born in Hong Kong, and my family immigrated here when I was eight years old. And my mom was a Christian, so I grew up going to church my whole life. I went to church Sunday school as a good Christian girl. Um, I, I kind of fell away when I was in high school. I walked away from the Lord, but my heart was still, you know, I, I still love God. But it was when I was 17, my junior year, that there was a bunch of youth. And Lou Engel would talk about this. It was this bunch of Asian youth. It was like Asian revival that was taking place in my city, LA, right here. And I got swept up in that. And I remember just seeing all these young people on their faces crying out for the nations and weeping. And and just the spirit of God was in in the place. They would worship with abandonment. And I, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I've never seen this. I've never experienced this. I've been you know, a, a Southern Baptist girl all my life. I've never seen this type of, you know, fire, this life, this energy, this this passion, you know? And so I remember just thinking, whatever they have, I want it. I, wow. I'm, just, I'm just that kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm just hungry. I saw it. I wanted it. I never questioned, you know, what is all that? I'm just like, God, I know it's you. I want it. And not long after that, I got baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the river broke out at Mott Auditorium through the ministry of Pastor Che and Harvest Rock Church and Lou Wango. And I just feel like I'm just the fruit of that, a yeah. daughter of that movement. What a rich, rich, rich heritage. And, you know, I actually met my wife, Linda, during the 1994 Toronto oh. blessing season. Now, we were up in San Francisco. It, what was really interesting is my first encounter is when Randy Clark and John Arnott brought it to the Bay Area, but it was through these Chinese churches, four Chinese (laughs) Mandarin-speaking churches that I was actually part of. I was helping lead a a meeting and and teaching the prophetic, you know, in the English-speaking group. But I actually received the Toronto blessing and everything through the Chinese, and there was such fire. There was just something about this power and fire in 94 when that hit the Bay Area. Yes. And I know, wow. I just felt like I forgot about that, actually. No, you just said that, and I realized, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You know, I was part of that as well, and it was yes. Chinese as well as Asian, in a sense that, wow, that's so exciting. So somewhere along the line, you met your husband. I did. I met him at our church, the one that we were growing up in. And interestingly enough, he has the same testimony of just, he got caught up in this whole wave. His parents went to the Argentina revival and they came back completely transformed. Come on. And his parents started going down to Anaheim for when it started breaking down down there with John Wimber. So, and then, so my husband, um, Jonathan, who was 
you know, not my husband at that time, but he got caught up in that. And then I was also going down to Anaheim Vineyard. And then one day he saw me, he was just like, Hey, don't we go to the same church? And he was just wondering like, what, what's up with you being here at this place? And, and I was looking at him wondering the same thing. And I, I think that's just how our past just connected. It was through the, the passion that we had for the renewal for, for God's presence. We were just so hungry and, and, you know, honestly, you know, we, we grew up in that, you know, that was part of our background and, and a lot has, you know, kind of changed over the years. But right now I just feel like the same excitement in the spirit, the same pregnancy is just, I feel like yeah, the atmosphere on. is just yeah. completely pregnant with that same expectation of God moving once again. I've never felt it like I did back then. I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling yeah. it today. 2018, I just feel like wow, we're on the verge of coming back full circle and it's not going to be just the river, but it's going to explode in the magnitude that all the prophets have been prophesying yep. for years and years and years. I feel like this is this is the time. This is the time. And I'm feeling it just like I did when I was a young person, except even more. I'm just like, we're on the brink. I yeah. know you're feeling it too. Doug. Yeah, I know. I've, I'm like, I've been trying to tell people, <laughs> yeah, I know revival's coming. I know I've been saying it every year. I know. I tell you, it is it. This is, I've never felt the pregnancy that I do now and that the water might've already broken. I'm telling you, (laughs) it it is just last month was nine months. That's like a pregnancy period since the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur time. There was like nine months pregnancy period. And I released a prophetic word over it that this is it. God's birthing something new right now. And here we are. We're in this time and more people are feeling it. And if you're not out there, you actually, this is contagious. You can pick up the fire of the Lord. And some people are, you know, they, they might not know what we're talking about, but it was an amazing move of God. And it was actually the last known big revival that we had actually in North America. It was 1994, the Toronto blessing. We had a few things that came after that, but nothing that went worldwide. And Mm -hmm. we were, we're overdue. And the baby's overdue right. for a new birth in the spirit. And we're believing that it's here. We, we really do. It's, it's not just in, in a California thing at all. But California no. has been one of the forerunners. You know, when we get things in, especially Southern California, L.A., that area. So I met you guys a few years ago. And I've spoken at your church. Actually, I, I went to uh, yes. some, I think it was the National, no, it was not the National Day of Prayer. It was at the Gay Pride Day, I think, in West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And you guys were doing a I prayer so. meeting. And you were having prophets come in and people, intercessors, and doing a, a prayer meeting. And I don't know how I ended up there, but I remember meeting you guys and said, wow, I love this place. It was the Radiance International yes. Hollywood House of Prayer on Hollywood mm-hmm. Boulevard. And, and I'm looking for it. I'm looking for this place as we're driving. I said, it's not next to the Whiskey A Go Go, which is an iconic, <laughs> an iconic yeah. place. You, if you want to tell anyone where to go, yeah. Whiskey A Go Go is one of the landmarks there. It's, you know, it's well yeah. known over Starbucks. And anyway. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 We are surrounded. We're just, we're on the Sunset Strip. We're completely surrounded by iconic clubs that have been iconic since the 60s the 70s for rock bands you know which had no name but literally came to fame by playing in some of these places like the whiskey a go-go the rock feet a viper room right across the street 
we're completely surrounded by them. And um, I don't know if I ever told you how we actually got to no, Hollywood. No, I never heard. Because, you know, like I said, we were just so into seeing Revival come to L.A. And it started at the Zuza Street, really. The Lord planted us there with the House of Prayer right next to the historic site of Azusa Street, the revival, which, you know, started in 1906. And yeah. we were there. I was just happily being an intercessor, praying for revival to come to my city, Los Angeles. I'm just praying, God, come, revive LA, pour, pour out your spirit upon my city. And then one day the Lord just interrupted me and just said, well, if you're praying, if you really want to see revival, come to your city, Los Angeles, you have to pray for Hollywood. And I was like, what? Like, what, what does that mean? And he just said, if you want to see revival come to Los Angeles, you must pray for Hollywood. And he said, if Hollywood is revived, the state will be revived, the nation will be revived, and the whole world will be touched by my spirit. Yeah. And I just remember, I didn't understand that at first. It was in 2006. I never heard Christians really talk about Hollywood, like go to Hollywood. I've never really heard about God coming to Hollywood to revive it. And we just stepped out in faith and just began to pray for Hollywood. And soon, you know, about five years after that, he landed us in Hollywood through the direction of our spiritual mom, Cindy Jacobs. And she said, go to the heart of the city, plant the house of prayer there and and just, you know, stake your ground in Hollywood. That's the heartbeat of your city. And if that is revived, the, the nation, the nations of the earth will be touched. And so out of obedience to the Lord, because we didn't really honestly didn't didn't really want to go there at first. But when we planted ourselves in Hollywood, we felt like, wow, now we get it. We understand. We understand why we had to come. Like our feet, it had to be on the ground, had to be on the soil of the ground to literally land prayers there. And we've been there now, Doug, for seven years. Wow. We just celebrated our seventh year anniversary of being a house of prayer in Hollywood. And it's not been the easiest ride or journey whatsoever but we just staked our place in the ground, and I believe about 40,000 hours or so we have sown into the ground of Hollywood. Yeah, and this is this is the real deal. This is such good stuff. Now, <laughs> we started our ministry in like Connection back in 2003 in L.A. We started in San Francisco, but we, we moved to L.A. in 2003, and the Lord said, I want you to take Hollywood. So I took it literal, wow. and we started doing our meetings at the Holiday Inn Hollywood and it was like a toilet bowl. It was hard. You know, there wasn't anyone. We didn't have any yeah. prayer covering. We just went in there wow. like cold turkey. And it, it was rough. It was really, really rough. We moved our ministry to the west side where, you know, I found out later that Hollywood is a is an industry as well. And um, we moved yeah. it to the west side where we are now. We're on the west side. But, you know, it's not easy. It's expensive here. You know, this is expensive. Yeah. This type of ministry. Yes. People don't understand yeah. this, this level, but what it does is it opens something up in the spiritual realm. And so Definitely. you came it in, is. God gave you a strategy, right? So to take Hollywood and it, and it, something happened because you shifted the atmosphere. Well, it was very dark. It was very difficult when we came. It was, it was hard. There's so much intimidation, so much warfare, um, the level of heaviness. Just right off the bat, right when we came into the city, uh, one of the, the spiritual mothers of the land welcomed us and said, hey, just want to welcome you and Jonathan into the land of, you know, praying here in Hollywood. But I do want to let you know that, you know, it's difficult here. Your finances will probably be attacked. Your marriage will, you know, come under fire. And we're just like, what? 
she was just like, you know, just it's Hollywood. It's hard, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray grace for you. And, and honestly, it was just like every marriage that we knew that came with us, it was completely by the second month that we were there, everyone was going through it. You know, it was yeah. difficult. All our finances were dry. Um, marriages were under attack and so much division. And we realized that it is a covenant breaking spirit that rules over this region. And, there, you know, just in terms of division and disunity and marriages, we had to fight. We had to press through. We had to fight for that. We had to, as forerunners, we had to pave the way and get the victory so that others who come after us can step into that same blessing and victory because we had to go get it. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, it wasn't easy, but even in landing at the Sunset Strip, you know, right across the street from us, you know, Doug, I think you've seen it. It's the biggest flagship store of the world for hustlers, the hustler yeah, building. Exactly. And it's, it's massive. It's huge. And it has this globe. It has this globe that circles around it that says for the rest of the world, meaning pornography for the rest of the world. And we're the house of prayer standing right opposite from it. And Lou Rangel came to our space and he just said, you know, if I was here, I would face that taunting thing that is taunting the spirit of God. And I would pray against it, <laughs> you know, yeah. stand and confront the Goliath and so forth. But, you know, it's right across the street from us. And, and not that we took any prayers against anything around us. We didn't directly pray, God, shut this down, right. shut that down, shut down this club, whatever. But after we've been there for several months, just purely out of worshiping God, just just purely releasing worship unto the Lord, lifting his name up. And he was just so jealous for that sound. He just began to come. It, it didn't take long because on our street, there's been so much music that has been dedicated to darkness. Right. There's been so many bands been known for sex, drugs, and rock and roll that literally out of this place, the Lord just wanted, has been jealous for a sound unto his name. He's just been jealous and and just waiting for the sound that would honor his name and cry out to him to say jesus we love you let your glory come we love you we exalt you and i think he was just waiting so much for just that cry to be released that as we just began to do it his presence just came and on our street one by one we didn't tell god to do it you know we didn't tell him to do it but clubs began to shut down one by one one by one, just establishments that has been long entrenched in the region began to shut down. Wow. And it just literally shocked reporters, journalists, and even the locals, the neighbors, etc. Like, wait a minute, what happened to that iconic club? What happened to that club? And it's been here for 25 years, 30 years, you know, it's a rock, sex, drugs, and rock and roll place, etc. And we're like, oh, we didn't tell God to shut it down. But hey, you know, when his presence comes, wow. he shifts the environment. He shifts the region and he dictates what's supposed to be raised up and what needs to be demolished. In fact, the Hustler building, after a year and a half of us standing our ground and just asking God to pour out his spirit on Hollywood and in this immediate region, um, the Hustler building gave word that they were going to shut down and they were, you know, they were going to move out and they're going to shut down. And in fact, to this year, 2018, it's supposed to be demolished. The building is going to be demolished. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, I thought it was interesting that you didn't pray against them or anything like that. You just no. prayed. You just prayed and worshiped the Lord. 
Yes. And I think that is the key. And, and people mistakenly, you know, I guess it's, it might be offensive to some people that places are shutting down. That doesn't seem like a God thing. But, you know, we're not we're not asking God shut down this place or shut down that place. You know, if he tells us to do it, we will do it. But we're just simply saying, God, come, come, let your presence invade. Let your Holy Spirit come. Let your spirit dictate and, and just rule over this region. Drive out the darkness. And that's okay to pray. Why not? Exactly. We're supposed to take authority over our region and over the land that God has called us to take possession of. And one of the most interesting things that happened early on when we landed in the Sunset Strip is, you know, we've been asking God to shift the atmosphere, you know, pour out your spirit, let the river flow in this place. And, and one day, it was so funny, these, literally, these, these pipes, they called it the 100-year-old pipes, under the ground of Sunset Boulevard erupted. I remember. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but it was on the news and it was yeah. flowing through the streets of Sunset and Hollywood. It was literally like a river. It was news. And the reporters came on, you know, on on whatever channel news it was. And I remember this reporter saying, something is changing here on the Sunset Service, literally like a river flowing on the street and as they're reporting these things and even as you know different establishments are shutting down and they would report things with the words that say something is changing on the sunset strips the the atmosphere is changing on the sunset strip they're using our language in the most natural way and i just find it amusing and funny but you know we have the authority to do it and we need to do it yeah exactly now was there a, a certain point where you realized that the uh, atmosphere was shifting? You could feel it because when we first arrived, especially on the Sunset Strip in that neighborhood where there's been so much drugs and partying and, and so the level of darkness, metal, you know, rock bands have played there. The sound of that has been ruling in the environment. When we first landed there and literally Cindy Jacobs prayed us into that street. (laughs) And we found out that our building was formerly an adult entertainment building. It was once a porn house. Uh So from a porn house to a prayer house, you know, get that. The level of heaviness and oppression was tangible. You could feel it. You could feel it on your arms as you're walking by. You just, I just felt this intimidation. I felt like what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing here, but okay, I'm just going to go by faith. And then as we kept praying and praying and just worshiping, just really honestly more worshiping than just than praying, just releasing worship, yeah. um, something shifted and we could walk on the street. We, we felt it lift. We felt it lift. And different speakers we would invite in would say, wow, um, upon their return the following year or in a, a few months, you know, after their first visit, they would be like, something has changed. It feels better. It feels lighter. And that's the description we would usually get. It just feels lighter. And then, so that's the immediate difference that we felt in terms of something has shifted. But, you know, after that, we started hearing testimonies of people who were working in the industry. Because when we first started at the House of Prayer, it was, you know, mostly just intercessors. But then God began to bring people from the industry to our House of Prayer. 
So we started getting people who are actors, actresses, models, producers, musicians, artists. Now they've, you know, they've kind of come and, and found our house of prayers, their home, a safe haven. And they would tell us how difficult it was pre-House of Prayer days, you know, in terms of being in the industry, how difficult, how hard, how, how hard for them to even talk about God, how hard for them to even write music that was true to who they are, how hard it was for them to say no, you know, to different parts. And now, you know, things have radically shifted, yeah. radically shifted for them. And, and we believe that prayer has opened the way for them to, to be sons and daughters in the industry without succumbing to the atmosphere and, and compromise. And, and we've, we've just been praying and declaring God raise up a new breed of sons and daughters. I believe he's sending them from across the nation. Many of them are coming to Los Angeles with a dream for Hollywood and not just to be famous, not just to be known, but they're literally coming with a mandate to shift Hollywood and to make Jesus famous out of their talent and the creativity that God's given them. And this is the new breed that we're seeing and God is raising up right now. It is, it is a radical breed. And I believe that different ones, even hearing me today, different ones who are hearing this podcast, Doug Addison's podcast today, I believe that if you're hearing this message and, and you've been burning with a desire for Hollywood and a heart and a passion, I believe you're one of them. You're one of them that God is raising up and training and preparing to be one who would be a consecrated one in this industry. Yeah, I just affirm what you're saying. I, I tell you, we run into people now at the grocery store, you know, the people who are saying, I just moved here. You know, I moved to L.A. I feel like God's doing something new. There's a shift happening right now. Yeah. And there is just something different going on. And I know this came to you guys. So there's an anointing on you. Just want you to know, you and Jonathan, these guys have a breaker anointing. Now, when we moved back to L.A., we had our ministry. We started in San Francisco, moved here in 2003 within Light Connection. Mm -hmm. And we had to move away because we didn't have the prayer covering. The house of prayer wasn't here yet. We came in as an early forerunner, had to move away for a bit. And then when we came back in, when we moved back here in 2013, the Lord said, I want you to go into Hollywood. I knew it was going to be rough on us. Wow. And sure enough, I got sick when I got here. And I just came out of a four-year affliction. And, and mm. you guys were part of setting me free and helping us establish here because I knew that I was not going to back down. If the Lord told me not to back down, that's why I knew I wasn't going to back down. And we were under it like wow. heavy, heavy, just that we were running our ministry out of our house, but mm. our, we have an office in Santa Maria and all that. But we were here yeah. and there was a heavy oppression that it was trying to come against me, come against my mind, come against my family. The spirit of death mm. came. Mm -hmm. And I reached mm -hmm. out, and we're part of the same organization, HIM, Harvest International Ministries, under yes. Cheon. And I reached out, and I said, you know, can can someone help me? And they actually told us to call you two, Sharon and Jonathan. And you came over, and I wasn't even at my house at the time because I was so sick. I had to, <laughs> I, yeah. I had to go to uh, Arizona. I was in yeah. such a terrible condition. You guys came over, and we don't even own the land, but you took authority. You prayed yes. some prayers, took communion, got me on face. I think we FaceTimed. I was really in bad shape in Arizona. You were in my living room, and you guys prayed 
took authority, took communion. We all three came together like a cord of three strands is not easily broken. I tell you, within two hours, there was a shift in my life that led to my healing. And within two hours, something broke. And you can see the from a distance, we're our house, we can see the Hollywood sign on a clear day. We're not in the heart of it. We're still here, though. But the Lord placed us on this high place. You know, it's a high place. And we're here for a purpose, but you guys really, you helped encourage me and Linda and help restore us really to be able to operate in the land. So there's a breaker anointing over you and your husband. This is so exciting. Now we're talking about shifting the spiritual atmosphere in a deep, dark place. You know, here we are in Hollywood, but then there's people who are listening to us. You might, you know, you might be in Mayberry, you know, or someplace you might be somewhere that, that, isn't quite as what you might think is influential, but God wants to do something in your land, in your town, in your house, and you can shift the spiritual atmosphere over yourself. And like I was saying that, that Sharon and Jonathan have this breaker anointing to do that. Now, have you seen that happen over people? Yes. Well, listen, this stuff is so real. I mean, even in the context of Hollywood, people don't realize that you know, there's ruling principalities, if you will, or spirits that are ruling. There's just this, you know, heaviness that people could step into, be it Hollywood or your city, whatever it is. And sometimes people internalize it and just think, wow, I'm just feeling really awful. I'm feeling really depressed. I'm feeling really miserable. And and they internalize that into saying that, you know, that's them. But sometimes we just don't realize it, but it's really the atmosphere is the city that you just stepped into. It's the environment that you've come in contact with. It's the company that you work for. It, it's, it's part of that region. And we shouldn't internalize it. We shouldn't take that on. And we need to learn to differentiate what is yours and what is external. So um, just learning to pray like, you know, God, I take authority over these thoughts. These thoughts are mine to think. These are not from you. And, and I take authority and take every thought captive, just as the word says. And just plead the blood of Jesus over you because sometimes you're feeling things and it's really, honestly, it's just not yours to feel. And um, for example, we had a couple of interns coming to serve us in Hollywood and, you know, she just was completely depressed the first two months. She just felt really awful. And it's honestly, it's kind of classic. A lot of people go through different things, but she had it more extreme. She was just really feeling very emotionally down and very oppressed. And many people do feel that. But, you know, I just said to her, I said, you know what, this is not yours. Let's just pray right now. Let's just lift it off. I'm going to welcome you into the city and we're going to break off everything that you've taken on. You know, it's not yours to take on. So we broke that off. And sure enough, she came out of that with clarity. It was almost like the first time she could even think clearly in our city. And a lot of times, but it's just a simple prayer. It's just saying a simple prayer of God, just, you know, free me from these thoughts, free me from what is external. And it's not mine to take on. It's the, in the atmosphere. And I just, I release that back to you, God, it's, it's not mine to take. So it's, it's sometimes it's just praying a simple prayer of release. All right. After doing this for a number of years, you shifted the atmosphere over yourself and you were shifted over your family and your marriage and over Hollywood. And then it went beyond that and started to go to the world, right? Yes. We actually have an organization fighting human trafficking. It's called Justice Speaks. 
And, you know, a number of years ago, the Lord just burned in my heart, his, his passion and his, his, his heart really for those who are trapped in exploitation, those who are trapped in human trafficking. And one of the initial places that he took us to is Thailand. And he connected us with the ministry there. And it's been since 2010, since we've been going to Thailand every year. And we took what we started to do in Hollywood and Los Angeles. We took it to the nations. We took it to Thailand. And honestly, we have seen more things happen there through prayer. And and I would love to share just a few stories with you. That'd be great. So literally, as we came into Thailand, it's Back in 2010, there were so many women, there were so many girls, so many young people that we saw lining up on all sides of the streets as you're walking. We went to a place called Padia, and Padia is one of the most, literally one of the most hotbeds for human trafficking. It is a, a destination for sex tourism, for people traveling from around the world. And so when we first got there, it hit our hearts, no matter how much we were warned, no matter how much people were trying to tell us, you know, this is probably what you will see. Like, it's different when you saw it, you know, when you see it with your very own eyes. So we were taken to this one street. It's called Walking Street. And Walking Street is notorious for human trafficking, the sale of girls and and young, young, young people. And we walked there, you know, it was so heavy. I'm telling you, just the level of darkness and heaviness was just so tangible and we decided we're going to take our worship team we're going to take our guitar our djembe all of us we're just going to walk up and down the street we're just going to release high praise and just worship jesus on that street and at that time i believe we were the first group to have taken worship along that street and when we did that street it was so difficult that by the time we finished we almost literally wanted to fall on the ground. We were so depleted of energy. It was so difficult. It was so hard. And, um, but, but my husband said, okay, get up. We're going to do it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, he's so hardcore. That's my husband, Jonathan. And so, you know, our team got back up, pulled on some more energy and we did that walk again. And so we did it twice and we came back the next year. We didn't really know what happened out of that. And the, the group that we were with, the ministry that we partner with on the ground in Thailand told us, you know, like, wow, your team did amazing. Your team did something really amazing because about 25% of the sex tourism establishments, be it brothels or be it um, massage parlors and the bars like shut down after you guys left. And we're like, what? And so we were so encouraged that we decided to do this every single year. We just began to walk and just release high praise, you know, the kind of praise that we're not just singing songs, but high praise, you know, declarative praise of God's presence, of his light, of his power, of his majesty. And we, you know, pulling down strongholds and and the prayers and proclamations that we would declare. So as we're walking up and down the streets every single year, little by little, you know, and, and that's how God does it. But little by little, the darkness is being driven out to a point where we just returned from Thailand about four weeks ago. We did our most recent prayer walk on that same street, and we were completely just shocked at the change on that street. The people that work on the ground there, our Thai team, were telling us 
so many bars and so many clubs have shut down on that street. They're like, they're, you know, they're, they're gone. Because we looked around us and it's more or less restaurants now. And it's, it's totally different. It's that, not the same type of heaviness. And, that's so amazing. And we just, you know, it's incredible. And it's honestly, it is praise. It is high praise, just picking praise, the praise of Jesus in any region. And I, I just believe that wherever we are, be it Los Angeles, be it Thailand, you know, Chicago, New York, wherever our listeners are listening from right now or around the world, if there is a dark region, and, and I want people to pay attention too, because sometimes darkness like to cluster around each other. And for example, you know, even here in Los Angeles, we would have little clusters of strip clubs. You know, there's little areas where there's pockets of strip clubs or pockets of darkness. And, and we just need to ask the Lord, you know, where are these places that you want me to pray at? Where, where is the place that you want me to take ground for you, God? Because we've been given authority to release his light in the regions that we live, in the regions that we're called to manifest his presence and his glory. And it's not okay for us to just assume that if it's dark, it's just supposed to remain dark. Exactly. But God is looking for someone. He's looking for someone who will take the responsibility of saying, God, not on my watch. You know, I know human trafficking exists, but not on my watch. Yeah. You know, I know darkness exists, but not on my watch. Yeah. I know drugs is rampant in my city, Come but on. not on my watch. I know gangs exist in my city, but not on my watch. And whatever your assignment is, whatever our assignment is from the Lord, you know, we take it, we take it wherever that darkness is. And we, we ask him for the strategy and we ask him, what do you want me to do with it? And for us, it was, you know, the Lord just said, release high praise, take the praise of my name upon these streets. And we make proclamations and decrees, just like you said. And we, you know, believing fully in the power of our words, what we're releasing and the ground of where we're walking. And then also just knowing that every place that the sole of our feet treads belongs to us. You know, God has given us authority over. So with that kind of mindset, we're taking back ground. Yeah. Boy, this is so powerful. I want you to pray like an activation prayer over our listeners. I want you just, everyone right now, just listen. Open your spirit right now. Open your heart and ask the Lord if there's an area of your life or the area of your city, church, business, whatever, that needs a breakthrough. Yeah. So, Father, I just come in agreement right now with Doug. And I just ask right now for every son and daughter who's listening under the sound of our voice, God, I ask that you would release a mandate, re- release an assignment upon their heart about what you have called them to do. Father, I pray that you would open their eyes. You're receiving it right now. I just see assignments being downloaded upon yes. many of you, even right now. Father, I ask that God, you would just activate their hearts, <laughs> activate their hearts and release the measure of strength and wisdom and authority that they already carry. And Father, I ask that God, we would take back our nation. We would take back our cities and Lord, just release the grace and the vision and the strategies for each person to take back round for you, God, in the name of Jesus. Powerful, powerful. I come into agreement with that. And also while the spiritual atmosphere is open, because it did shift now, Lord, download the strategies, yes. download yes. those specific books from heaven, the scrolls from heaven, whatever is needed right now. Anything from the past is now going to be unearthed. 
anything that was not fulfilled. You know, there was assignments from your city, from your territory, somewhere around there. God is going to download those strategies to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Sharon, so much. Why don't you just tell us how we can follow you, get a hold of you. Do you guys have anything? Our ministry is called Radiance International. As Doug mentioned, you mentioned earlier, Hollywood House of Prayer. And it is radianceinternational.org. I guess my personal account for Facebook and also Instagram, you can find me as Sharon Nye. My last name is N-G-A-I. Yeah, I would encourage people to step up and support them. I mean, they're what they're doing right now is beyond what you could even uh, imagine financially, first of all, and the people they're reaching and follow them and follow what they're doing on the internet. If you're ever out in Hollywood, look them up on the internet because you can come by and they have events and things like that. And I'm going to be doing something with them soon. It's what the Lord just said. And so it's going to be an exciting time. I am so Thank proud you. of what you and Jonathan have been doing and, and partnering with the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited to have you guys along. Uh, I'm alongside of you. You're the ones out on the front line here in Hollywood. I'm so excited for what you're doing. Doug, I just want to say that you have pioneered the move in Hollywood and we're following you and we are stepping on your shoulders of all that you have done, all that you have shown, all the prophetic evangelism, all the spirit of love that you've poured out upon the people here in our city and Hollywood we're standing on your shoulders, and I just want to honor you. You're a father of faith. You're a father of love. You're a father of the Spirit. So, um, yeah, thank you for wow. what you have done. And we thank so you. honor you, Doug. It is yeah. our blessing to know you. Yeah, we just give it back to the Lord. We say, thank you, Lord. And I'm just Amen. excited for what's going to happen. All right, everybody. Been another exciting Spirit Connection podcast. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.